0: This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Happy Football Friday, everybody. Ninth day of the ninth month, 2022. It's the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Where else would you rather be at 800-919-3776? That is the telephone number, our first of many... Football Fridays here in the 2022 football season slash 2023, right? When you factor in the playoffs and we turn the calendar and all that stuff. But I'm fired up. I'm sure you are fired up as well. And we'll keep you company here over the next few hours at 800 You get me on Twitter at Dan Grossa, G R A C A. Tom and Julian along for the ride tonight. They're producing the program. Always good to have them on board. And we got a jam packed program for you over the next few hours today. We'll do our NFL picks. Later on in the final hour, and of course you all should be signed up on the Cover 5 app and doing the picks along with us, your favorite little hosts, here on ninety-eight seventy ESPN and playing in the contest that we're all a part of. The uh, code is NY22. We'll remind you again multiple times throughout the course of the show to make sure that you're doing that. So we'll do our picks here a little bit later on here. Five big ones coming up for you. We'll handle all the baseball matters. Mets out to a slow start tonight in Miami. As you heard us talking there a little while ago, David Peterson served up a two-run home run to Garrett Cooper in the first inning, so the Mets are going to have to come from behind. Yankees at some point are going to play baseball tonight against the Rays. The uh, Derek Jeter ceremony was to me I guess delayed I thought it was supposed to be at 6 30 but they didn't start it until about like you know five ten minutes ago so the game probably is not going to get going until closer to 7 30 this evening but when they do goes without saying how big of a contest it is for them this weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays a team that is hot on their heels in the American League East just three games separate those two teams in the loss column right now in the American League East so the Bombers are going to go out there and Obviously have themselves a good weekend of baseball, but it's not going to be easy. Not going to be easy by any stretch. So we'll keep our eyes on both of those matchups as we move forward through the night. We'll know who our U.S. Open men's finalists will be by the end of the night. We know one of them. It's going to be Casper Rude. He'll either play Carlos Alcaraz, the 19-year-old from Spain, or the youngster from America, Francis Tiafo. One of those gentlemen will make their first Grand Slam final. They get underway here in just a little bit out there at Arthur Ashe Stadium So a lot on the agenda, but it's a football Friday, right? That's where we got to begin. That's where we got to start. And, you know, we've spent the last several weeks, months, whatever you want to call it, chronicling, forecasting the Mets, or excuse me, the Jets and the Giants and their upcoming seasons, what the expectations are, realistically, how many games they can win. And it's different circumstances for both, right? It's different circumstances for the two. You know, the Giants right now are, if you don't want to call it necessarily square one, they're like it's square one and a half, right? And use whatever term you feel comfortable using. But when you have a brand new general manager, you have a brand new head coach who are just kicking off their first seasons at the helm, throw in the fact that you have the general manager in a press conference last week, tell the whole world basically that, you know, because of the salary cap situation that we found ourselves in, thanks to my predecessor, we weren't able to go out there and have a very active offseason in terms of player transactions. So this is kind of like a, hey, we'll play our 17 games, we'll see how many wins we could stack up, but we really can't get too active or productive in terms of reshaping this roster in the mold in which we see fit until next off season at the earliest. Now you hope that some of these draft picks hit, and they had a lot of draft picks, And unfortunately, you know, you're not getting off to a good start necessarily because the first of all those draft picks might not even play on Sunday in Kayvon Thibodeau, which is not the way you want to start, but you're not going to rush him out there if he's less than 100% and then risk even further injury. You know, welcome back Saquon Barkley if you're the New York Giants. You know, we have not seen that guy who was one of the most dynamic young players in the National Football League since 2018 when he was a rookie. And injuries certainly have played a big, big factor in that. But he seems poised to have a return-to-form type of season, if you will. And I'm actually thinking that Saquon's going to have a good year, to be quite honest with you. And then what to make of Daniel Jones? You know, this is like Daniel's last stand, potentially, as the quarterback of the New York Giants. He has had a few years to prove himself. And in the words of John Mara, Giants have done every single thing in their power to essentially sabotage Daniel Jones. And impede his development. So hopefully at least that part is out of the way here, and maybe Brian Dayball is going to be able to work the same type of magic with Daniel Jones that he did with a guy up in Buffalo who looks poised to maybe win an NFL MVP this year in Josh Allen, even though the Bills didn't really necessarily miss Brian Dayball too much. If you watch that offense and everything they did in L.A. last night against the Super Bowl champion Rams. And the Giants are going to go on the road, and they're going to play a Tennessee team, which has won the division the last couple of seasons, and they're going to welcome back their best player and their most important player in Derrick Henry on Sunday. So it's going to be a difficult assignment, no doubt about that. And as far as the Jets are concerned, this was a year, or this is a year for the Jets, where you expect to see improvement, right? I don't have to tell you if you're a Jet fan that you're tired of the results. You're tired of the disappointment. You're tired of seeing the calendar read the month of November and the meaningful games for your football team have already come and gone. This roster is better on paper. They expect to win more games. You as a fan should expect them to win more games. But of course, it wouldn't be any other way if there wasn't some adversity to begin the season, right? Because the Jets are going to go into week one on Sunday... Without their starting quarterback for multiple games, as we found out a few days ago. They're going to go into week one without one of their starting tackles, which we knew already, in Makai Becton. And now they're going to go into week one without the guy who was signed to replace Makai Becton in Dwayne Brown. Who suffered a shoulder injury, apparently, on Monday. And Monday was just a walkthrough practice. They were out there walking through. And apparently he hurt his shoulder. And Robert Sala today said that it might be an IR situation, which would mean weeks, which would mean minimum four games. And you're a Jet fan, you're sitting there saying to yourself, boy, season hasn't even started yet, and it feels like we've lost three games already. (laughs) Like, can we catch a break? At the very least, can, can, can something go our way? But you know what? All this talking and all this prediction and all this forecasting and speculation, all that goes out the window in 48 hours right? On Sunday, we're going to finally start to get our answers. We're going to find out just how good this team is, how much work there still needs to be done, and more importantly, how important were these losses in terms of the personnel that they're not going to have at their disposal coming up on Sunday? That's why the games are great. They're either going to go the way we all think, or we're going to be all in for a little bit of a surprise. Last night was maybe the final score didn't surprise us, and the team that won didn't surprise us, but I think maybe we were taken aback at just how lifeless the Rams looked because generally in those type of games, the defending Super Bowl champion plays well. They usually win those games, the season openers on the Thursday night. But drawing Baltimore in the first game of the season, that's a tough spot on any occasion. You know, I've said it many times, Baltimore, to me, that is a nightmarish matchup especially given the current state of affairs in the NFL where starters don't play in the preseason, all these new faces don't necessarily have that opportunity to mold together and to form that camaraderie and chemistry, especially when you're talking about a team like the Jets dealing with offensive line issues. You want those guys out there playing like a cohesive unit. So even if things were normal, Baltimore is a tough opponent. And now you're going to play this team when you've got starters out there and a lot of them haven't even played that much with one another yet that's a tricky spot. And now you're talking about Joe Flacco. And I know that a lot of Jet fans out there, because I've heard it from you guys, you know, have tried to make the comparison between 1998 when Vinny Testaverde was called upon to quarterback this team, and nobody really thought that he was going to factor in much or have much left in the tank. And Put together an MVP season under Bill Parcells' leadership, and they went all the way to the AFC Championship game. A lot of people coping that, like Joe, is Vinny 2.0 here in 2022. Pressed into duty. People not expecting too much. Hey, stranger things have happened, but he got an immobile quarterback out there on Sunday playing behind an offensive line, which is less than whole right now. And he got a rookie And Max Mitchell, who's going to be making his first-ever appearance in the NFL, and he's going to be starting on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. Can the defense keep this a low-scoring game? I think that's critical. And that means stopping Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson tried to work out a contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Instead, he's going to play this year on his 50-year option, $23 million. And what's probably going to happen is if they don't figure something out in the offseason, they're going to have to franchise him. But Lamar Jackson wants to get paid, especially when he sees a guy like Deshaun Watson get $230 million guaranteed, where Lamar won an MVP already. Lamar's looking at that saying, I've already accomplished more in this league than Deshaun Watson has. Where's my money? Where's my green? So now you got an angry Lamar Jackson that you have to contend with on Sunday. An angry Ravens quarterback, right? You don't want him running circles around your defense. You know that they target the tight end very, very heavily in this offense. You're going to see a lot of Mark Andrews. Jets defense last year had a horrible time dealing with the opposing tight end. They had a horrible time dealing with a lot of things, but specifically the opposing tight end. Let's see if they're up to the challenge on Sunday trying to stop that key component of that Baltimore offense. They'll get a little bit of a break. Sounds like Ronnie Stanley's not going to play. Baltimore's Pro Bowl left tackle. Is he still coming back from injury? He's listed as doubtful. J.K. Dobbins is questionable. They're running back, but you expect him to go. Marcus Peters, one of their corners, is questionable as well. This ain't going to be easy. Just like it's not going to be easy for the Giants. Because task one, task two, and task three for them on Sunday is stopping Derrick Henry. And you know how geared up he's going to be after missing all that time last year with the foot injury. And on the flip side, how much Saquon are you going to see if you're the Giants, right? How much are they going to feature him in this game and making sure that he's able to absorb a type of a workload that we're used to seeing from him back to his younger days, which wasn't even all that long ago. And you're dealing with the injury bug. Your two edge rushers probably are not going to play. They're listed as doubtful in Thibodeau and Ojolari. And Wink Martindale, the new defensive coordinator, you know he likes to blitz coming off the bus. You know, he came from Baltimore. It's that Baltimore mentality going all the way back to the days of Rex, right? And Marvin Lewis. Blitz, blitz, blitz. Here's the only problem, though, if you're the Giants. If you're going to blitz to try to get Tannehill out of the pocket and get him moving with his feet, number one, Tannehill can scramble. And number two, if you blitz primarily on running downs, this is not the team you want to get burned against. Because Derrick Henry and company will make you pay. Giants, it's about implementing a culture this year. The culture of the head coach. It's not about wins. It's about do we have the right people in place? And more importantly, do we have a firm decision on the quarterback when it's all said and done? Do we move forward with Daniel Jones or not? Jets, on the other hand, I'd say it's a little bit more predicated on winning games how many couldn't tell you i don't know what's sufficient enough but the quarterback also has some questions to answer number one can he stay healthy and can he prove that he is durable enough to be an every down passer in the national football league missed three games last year already is probably down for three games this year not the way you want to begin your nfl career but there is still time to turn it around and who knows what lies in store for these two teams. Did anybody have the Bengals in the Super Bowl last year before we kicked off the season? Not a soul. Not a soul. That's what makes this whole thing fun. And we're going to have fun talking about it tonight and all season long, of course. Busy, busy show for you. Want to hear from you, Jet Giant fans, your expectations, not just for Sunday, but for the season. Realistically, what do you want to see at eight hundred nine one nine. Three seven seven six. We debuted our behind enemy lines segment last night when we looked into the Baltimore Ravens with Kadri Esmo. Tonight we're going to do it from the Giants' opponent upcoming on Sunday. We will get a peek at the Titans with Teron Davenport, who covers them for ESPN. My buddy, my pal, Greg Buttle, who you'll hear with me again all season long on the Jet and pre and post game show. We begin at 11 a.m. on Sunday. But Greg will join me coming up at 8.30 tonight to preview Sunday's game. Not necessarily preview our show. I mean, you know what you're getting with the show. But talk about his thoughts on what he expects to see here, given all the injuries and the adversity that this team has been hit with so far this season. So Teron Davenport at 8, Greg at 8.30. NFL picks still to come. All the baseball jam-packed three hours. It's the Dan Grasa Show on a football Friday. We get it rolling right after this. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN, on this Football Friday, 2022, a Week 1 edition at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So really the intrigue and the mystery regarding the Jets the last couple of days, like we knew that Zach Wilson wasn't going to play and it was going to be Joe Flacco. But then all of a sudden, Dwayne Brown's name popped up on the injury report on Wednesday and Thursday. With a shoulder. He's like, what? What? Like, how did this happen? What? He was healthy. Like, he played in the last game, and he came out okay against the Giants. What happened? How did we get to this point? Well, turns out it happened Monday at a walkthrough, apparently. Robert Salas shed some light on that earlier today. And he's not playing on Sunday. So they're going to turn the reins over to Max Mitchell, a fourth-round pick in this year's draft. And I was talking about it last night. Max Mitchell, they were treating this thing as a development year. You know, he was not expected to be pressed into duty, so much so that, you know, the Jets felt confident with the plan they had in place. Chuma Doga was let go, who was their main backup tackle over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, your depth kind of got hurt a little bit, certainly no pun intended, with the Becton injury. And George Fant, who started out at left, and then he moved to right, and then back to left, and then back to right. Now George Fant's back to left tackle. So you feel good he's going to be able to hold down the position because he played it all last year. He feels more comfortable playing left tackle. But that right side now with Max Mitchell, that is a huge, huge question mark. Because they could say that he's ready, but we won't know until he steps out there on Sunday. Got a lot of snaps in the preseason. He played a ton in the preseason. But that wasn't all against first stringers, too. That was against a lot of guys who didn't even end up making rosters in the NFL. So here was the coach earlier today when he was asked if indeed Max Mitchell is ready to play football.
0: One thing I can say, if you're on an NFL roster, whether you're practice squad or not, you're one play away. I mean, that's how quickly it can happen. And, you know, I've said it before, Max is much further along than we thought he'd be at this point. So we're very confident that he'll be able to step in and do his job. We think the acceleration is going to go even faster because there's nothing like getting reps in the NFL and, and getting baptized early in your career. So we have a lot of faith in him. He's a fantastic athlete. He's very smart. He's just got to learn the nuances of the NFL game and the game within a game when it, when it comes to the run game and pass game and all the different things that asked in that one-on-one battle with a defensive lineman, but really excited about where he's at and and really excited about where he's going to go, because he's going to be a really good football player and really excited for him to get this out.
1: If you would have told me back in April, whenever the NFL draft was, when they took Max Mitchell on that third day, you know, the Saturday of the draft, in the fourth round from, you know, little old Louisiana, not LSU, just Louisiana, and watching him, and and I said, you know, he's... He's not exactly, like, wide for an offensive tackle, which is what you like to see. You know, so if he has to go up against some of these really strong, physical, almost like bull rush defensive ends, is he going to be able to withstand that? And I'm sure the Jets have already altered the game plan a little bit, and they're going to probably feature some tight end on that side and some running backs over to chip and to help with the blocking assignment. So, you know, but you know that the Ravens, are now identifying that spot, you know, and especially somebody like a Calais Campbell, who's a, you know, borderline Hall of Fame defensive end, they're going to try to exploit that mismatch on Sunday. And you talk about a difficult assignment walking into playing a team like the Baltimore Ravens. But here was Max talking earlier today in the locker room about getting the starting assignment come week one.
2: Uh, It's amazing. Found out, you know, a couple days ago. You know, I was ready for it. You know, I've been taking reps with the ones. You know, nothing new to me, so it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Nothing I'm not prepared for, so ready to go. It's a big step up
1: from the Sun Belt Conference or whatever it was that he was playing in there in college. What about George Fant,
2: his influence on him? Oh, He's been great. He's been a help since... We, you know, five OTAs and whenever he came back, he's been a, a tremendous guy who's been there giving me tips, kind of giving me, you know, things I could work on, on my technique and stuff like that, and also just a good teammate. So, he's been great. You know, George Fant was
1: saying earlier today, too, that he's kind of annoyed, to put it mildly, the fact that he has had to play musical chairs on that offensive line, right? You know, he came in to the Jets at right tackle. Then he had to move to left tackle when Becton got hurt. And then he thought he was coming into the season as the left tackle. And then they go and sign Dwayne Brown. So he moves over to right tackle to accommodate Dwayne. And now Dwayne's hurt, and he has to move back to the left side. It's, you know, at the end of the year, you know what he should do? Go out there and have a big season. Play good football. Because he's a free agent at the end of the year. And the better he plays, and especially if he puts together back-to-back solid seasons on the left side, it's going to earn him some more money. I think he knows that. And that's a good problem to have if you're the New York Jets. It's a real good problem to have. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's go to some phone calls. Dave in Manalapan. He's going to be our leadoff hitter on this football Friday. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. David, how are you?
3: Hey, Dan. I'm good. Thanks for having me. What's up, Dave. So I wanted to talk to you about this quarterback situation. You know, I, I was listening to you talking about how, you know, Testaverde did well with Parcells. But, man, he had Parcells behind him. Like, Oh,
1: Dave, I'm not making the comparison. I'm saying that there have been a few <laughs> uber-optimistic fans over the last few weeks who have tried to make that comparison.
3: Yeah, and, like, Flacco's got, you know, Salah. I believe in Salah. I love his... His mantra, he's great. He's a great energy to the team and everything. But, like, why don't we give Mike White another chance, man? He beat the Bengals last year. That was the AFC champions. champions. I mean, he's got some potential there.
1: How did he fare against the Buffalo Bills when he got another shot?
3: All right, well, you know, he, he, he also started, what, his second game against the Bills? Maybe he got lucky, but I think Mike White deserves another chance. And if you ask me, I think Flacco might get destroyed in the pocket without Beckton there. You know, someone's going to take up his weak side, and boom,
1: Flacco's gone. Dave, I'll say this. Uh, Look, I'll I'll acknowledge what you're saying. I'm not – Sitting here telling you that it's written in stone that Joe Flacco is going to start every game until Zach Wilson is back. Because, you know what, if Joe goes out there and plays less than inspired football, and if he really struggles, they might switch to Mike White. I- I'm not saying it's going to be for next week, but it could be that third game if things haven't gone well for the offense in the first two. The coaching staff might decide, you know what, we got to spark this thing a little bit. Let's call Mike White out of the bullpen, and he gets to start in game number three. On the flip side, you know what would be a great prompt to have is that Joe plays well, not saying even win every game without Zach Wilson, but Joe plays well enough to where, you know, the fans are calling this show and they're saying, why don't we continue to ride it out with Joe if the offense is putting points on the board?
3: Yeah, I, the thing is, I just, I don't see it happening, man. He's old, you know. I'm not saying he can't play football. He, he won a Super Bowl, but it, it's almost at that point where it's like his limbs are going to break if he gets hit.
1: Well, Dave, thanks for the phone call. And and look, I hear what you're saying. But remember, Joe Flacco, even when he was younger, you know, even 10 years ago when he was the Super Bowl MVP, Joe Flacco was never a guy who was fleet of foot. You know, and he still moves around. You know, he he can, let's put it this way. He can scramble when he has to. He can move around the pocket when he has to. I've, I was standing right there on the sidelines during training camp and, you know, red zone drills and whatnot. When he got flushed from the pocket, you know, and he was scrambling towards the sideline, he was still able to squeeze the ball into the corner of the end zone, find one of his receivers. He Look, they wouldn't be throwing him out there if they didn't feel he was capable of winning an NFL football game and piloting this ship. You know, that would not be the case. But it is a results-oriented business, and he's going to have to go out there and produce. No other way around it. 800 919 John, the GW Bridge up next. Dan Gross' show, 9870 ESPN. Johnny, how are you?
4: Hey, Dan, how you doing? Um, John. Thanks for updating us on the um, injuries of the two edge rushers for the Giants. We'll see if they play. Doubtful usually the, uh, is not a uh, good the, sign. Yeah, definitely not. But what is the story for the rest of the team, like the offensive line? Are, 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 how, what's What's the rest of the injury report?
1: I guess there's some uncertainty there. but Well, you know that Shane Lemieux is not playing at left guard. You know, he hasn't been around yeah. for a while. I think that's the only – I forgot who's going to be filling in um, at that position there on the line. But other than that, I mean, Sterling Shepard is good to go. So you're going to see him out there, which is, I think, a big piece for Daniel Jones to have in this offense. And, look, if, if they play Tony? up to their – if they play up to their capabilities, John, I mean, the wide receivers, wide receivers on paper, you know, can be productive. The question is, will they with this offense?
4: Yeah, is Tony
1: uh, in or out? T- Tony's in. Tony's going to play, yeah.
4: Okay, good, good. All right, we'll see what happens
1: then. It, it, it just hurts, though, and John, thanks for the phone call. Like, not having those two guys on defense, it stinks, you know? Because as I said earlier— If you know anything about Wink Martindale, the new defensive coordinator, all right? And think back to those years he was with Baltimore and those Ravens defenses. They were one of the top blitzing teams in the NFL every single year. You know, one of the top two or three. So now your starting edge rushers aren't available. So how are they going to find a way to manufacture a pass rush? You're not going to have the guys that are in there now just say, okay, like Giants are not going to be able to do what the Buffalo Bills did last night. If you watch that game, Buffalo and Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, he essentially rotated all of his down linemen and edge rushers up front. They did not blitz one time the entire night to go get Matthew Stafford, and they still got home seven times. In a perfect world, that's what Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich want to do with the Jets. That's why they put a premium on rotating defensive linemen in and out of the game, keeping them fresh. They don't like playing, you know, D-linemen, uh, let's say 70 or 80% of the snaps in a game because they want fresh bodies in there. That's what Buffalo did last night, and it worked to perfection. But if you're the Giants, and those are the two guys you're relying on, you know, Ojalari, who had a great season last year, and then, Thibodeau, who was drafted to essentially be a poor man's Lawrence Taylor. You know what I mean? Get after the quarterback. If those two guys aren't in the game, how are you getting home? 800 More of your calls. We'll also get into the baseball tonight for the locals with the Mets and the Yankees. And we'll talk some Tennessee Titan football. The Giants Week 1 opponent with Teron Davenport coming up at 8 o'clock. Dan Gross' show, 987 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN.
2: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Dan
1: Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. On this Football Friday... Stream live sports and original content with ESPN Plus today. You get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library, unrivaled UFC access including exclusive pay-per-views, live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year, and you get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle today and watch ESPN Originals, the 30 for 30s, the entire Disney and Marvel library and more. So stream anytime anywhere. Go to espnnewyorkbundle.com to learn more. Um, Before I get back to the phone calls, though, I don't know how many of you saw this. uh, If you follow along on uh, America's favorite Twitter account, which you should be following at Dan Grasa, (laughs) G-R-A-C-A. But, you know, people trying to make these like we were talking, you know, to earlier caller there about, you know, the Joe Flacco and the Vinny comparisons. And, you know, some people wanted to go there. There is some eerie things that are unfolding, though with this team for this season, with some of those similarities back to 98. And look, I'm not saying that the teams are on equal footing, and clearly. I, I mean, you had Bill Parcells, a Hall of Fame coach, and at that time he was the best coach in the NFL, hands down. You know, and you felt you had the edge going into any single game that they played. For starters. But that year, 1998, Jets opened the home schedule that year against the Ravens. It was a week two game, home opener, and they lost. They started 0-2 that year. They opened the home schedule against the Ravens. Week one starter at right tackle that year for the Jets was a rookie, Jason Fabini. He was taken in the fourth round, 111th overall. Remember Jason Fabini out of Cincinnati? Had a real good career. Good Jet. And then once Jumbo retired, they moved him over to left tackle, and he became their left tackle. So you got that going for you from 1998. Fast forward to today, 2022. Jets once again open the home schedule against the Ravens. Week one starter at right tackle is going to be another rookie. Goes by the name of Max Mitchell. Max Mitchell, just like Jason Vabini, a fourth-round pick and also the 111th overall choice in the draft. How spooky is that? I mean, like, you can't make that stuff up. Like, I knew that they were going to be starting the rookies because I'm a sicko when it comes to, you know, knowing things about this team and, and so on and so forth. But when I looked it up, just to confirm, like, you know, where Mitchell was drafted and whatnot, and then I went back and I saw, like, for some reason, I thought Fabini was like a sixth or a seventh rounder. I didn't I didn't even recall he was a fourth rounder. But when I saw that it was both 111, I, I was, like, floored. Absolutely floored. Maybe, Maybe it is an omen. Maybe we're going to look back on this months from now and say, see, the way all these things were aligning, they were in for a better year than maybe we all thought. I don't know about that. But we'll see. Artie in Brooklyn. He's up next. Dan Graza show, 9870 ESPN. Art, what do you think? You think this makes any sense or what?
4: Hey, Dan. And you, you know what? I mean, now I just changed my mind totally. I was gonna sit here and bash Douglas for like not having a backup a tackle. You're putting all your eggs in the basket on a guy that got hurt, Beckham. Then you release a, you release the guy that was playing. I don't. say – The thing was with Douglas is that I said, okay, we'll find.
1: be good I look I expect the defense to be better it has to be better can't be any worse it was one of the worst units in the NFL what happened last year and I know you don't want to sit here and hear excuses or maybe so I'm just telling you exactly what and how it played out the reason they were so bad the reason they were so bad last year in terms of stopping the run because remember Jets last year in the secondary especially at the cornerback position were playing kids Like, literally, they were playing kids. How many rookies were in that, you know, Brandon Echols, Michael Carter II, Bryce Hall was only a second-year player. They were playing infants. And then once LaMarcus Joyner got hurt in week one, there goes one of your starting safeties. Marcus May then gets hurt midway through the season. You don't see him again. They're signing safeties off the street. Literally guys off the street and saying, here you go, here's a starting job. Welcome to the NFL. You get a pension when it's all said and done. So they didn't trust the secondary. So they had to sell out as much as they could to make up and compensate for the youth and inexperience in the secondary to help the pass defense. So they could not bring an extra body down into the box from that secondary, i.e. a safety. Because they needed somebody to stay home and play too high on occasion to be able to protect them in case one of the youngsters outside got burned. So because he didn't have that extra body down there to stop the run... Once an opposing backer, whatever, got past that first level of the defense, it was bombs away. Now you figure that that's not going to happen this year, right? You're more stout up front, number one. Number two, I think you're better at linebacker. You got more depth there. Remember, you also, it was C.J. Mosley and two kids you were starting at linebacker. Guys they drafted who were college safeties that they tried to convert to linebackers. It didn't work out. That was before they found Quincy Williams. Now you got Quincy. They signed Quan Alexander, who's a veteran, and he knows this defense. And he actually have veterans back there in the secondary. So, look, one of the things that I would, un- unless there is absolutely a rash of injuries, the one thing I would absolutely expect to turn this year, the defense will be better. It has to be better. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven. 919 7-6 is the telephone number. Told you Wander Franco was back in the lineup tonight for the Rays. Well, you know what? He's already making his presence felt. How about an RBI, uh, RBI double in the top of the first inning off our buddy Frankie Montas. So Tampa out to a 1-0 lead. That is on Amazon Prime for those keeping score at home there. So uh, another tip of the cap to uh, Jeff Bezos there. Uh, let's say hi to Ira in Staten Island. He is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Ira, how are you?
5: Oh, good, Dan. Hey, that was funny about Mitchell. I didn't realize that. Isn't uh, that
1: crazy? Isn't that crazy?
5: Let me tell you, if Mitchell turns out to be half of a
1: play that Beanie, was overhead oh. of the game. For me, he was a good jet. He was a good jet.
5: Yeah, very underrated jet. His name isn't mentioned uh, quite often enough. So let me throw two things at you. I want to get your opinion. <clears throat> so, defensively, if let's say Reed. Doesn't go Sunday. I didn't look at today's updated injury report.
1: Reed's going to go. Reed will play.
5: Oh, oh, he is okay. So, yep. Okay, so that's the end of that question. I, I, I was going to say echoes a hall, but I go with Hall strictly because he's a better run defender. But uh, offensively, okay, if by you know it looks like there's going to be some blocking issues, okay, I find it hard to believe that the Jets are going to establish a run. I think the Ravens were number one against the run last year defensively. So I think, you know, they're, they're going to chip away and try it, but I don't know how successful they'll be. But if they're going to get anything in the passing game going this Sunday against this defense, to me, I think the outs are going to be the ones that are going to have to step up. While the tight ends, you, you saw Conklin all summer and you saw Huzama and you saw Cager, you saw but I think the Whitehats this week are the ones that are going to have to make the plays if they give the chance any give the Jets any chance to win. Because I think the tight ends are going to have to be kept in to to help block.
1: I think, personally, their best chance at winning this game, Ira, is they're going to have to muck it up. Meaning, they're going to have to win a low-scoring game, which means the defense is going to have to come play. And they're going to have to keep this game, preferably somewhere in, you know, tops the low 20s. You know, now they're saying that there could be some showers in the forecast. You know, maybe if, it, if it's a little wet out there, you know, Lamar Jackson trying to run around on a, on a slick, wet turf there. Maybe that's not conducive uh, for Baltimore, maybe. So maybe you, you get helped out a little bit by that extent. Who knows?
5: So you, you, basically you're saying they got to make this an ugly game
1: pretty much. Got to okay, you gotta gotta you. make it an ugly got game. Got to make it an ugly game. You're not winning. You're not. I don't think you're going to win a shootout. I don't think you're going to win a shootout with no. this quarterback. And 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 you know what the thing Ira too is. And thanks for the phone call. We'll see you out there, of course, on Sunday. But you look at the personnel on offense. They've improved the skill position tremendously. You feel good about the wide receivers. You feel good about the tight ends. You feel good about the backs. But now all of a sudden you have questions about the offensive line. And the quarterback is a lot of years removed from his best days. And you know what? You're a Jet fan? You hope Joe goes out there with the biggest chip on his shoulder known to man, and he plays like it. And the Jets are the ones who are going to benefit from it. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Dan Grossa Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And...
1: Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN, on this Football Friday, the first of many in this 2022 season. Speaking of football, football fans, sign up for Cover 5. It's a free-to-play pick'em game for season-long fun and compete against your friends, your rivals, and your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. Pick 5 games each week, and the best score against the spread throughout the regular season will win one thousand dollars. Weekly prizes of $100 will also be awarded. Join the 98.7 ESPN League with code NY22 on the Cover 5 app and Cover5.com. It's as easy as one two free. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. I went ahead and got that done earlier today. So my picks are made. They're up there and I will share them with you a little bit later on in the show in the final hour when we do our weekly picks for the Week 1 campaign. Uh, yeah, pick five games. Not It's fun. It's pretty easy to use. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. Trust me. So it's not that difficult, and, you know, it's fun to kind of keep track against others as you move forward throughout the season. Uh, real quick on the Giants, and we're going to talk to Teron Davenport, who covers the Tennessee Titans for ESPN, coming up uh, at 8 o'clock as part of our Behind Enemy Lines segment. But Brian Dayball talk today and he was asked how does he know that his team is indeed ready for opening day well, i just say they've worked extremely hard. They've picked up, you know, the offense, the defense, the kicking game is, is fairly similar. They come out here, they give 100% every day in practice. I think they learn from their mistakes. I don't think you ever really know, no matter where I've been, you know, how opening day is going to go, whether it's been a team that's been won a Super Bowl or a team that hasn't won many games. I think you do your best job to prepare the players, both mentally and physically, and do everything you can do to go out there and put your best foot forward and then go play a good game and not focus on, well, what if this happened or... This this bad play happened. just be very um, positive in your approach be real and go out there and trust
0: your preparation
1: Saquon is also a guy that I'm going to be curious to see not just Sunday but for the entire season and I'm actually bullish on the fact I I think Saquon's going to have a bounce back season I really and truly think he will Um, what does he think about the lack of outside expectations
3: it is what it is, you know. As we know what we have in this locker room. We know what we have within this team, within this coaches, so within the facility, from everybody. And We know what we have. So our focus is to go out there and execute. And we only get 17 guaranteed opportunities, and, you know, we have one right now coming up. And we've got to go out there and try to make the best of it.
1: Does he use the naysayers as motivation during some of these games?
3: No, nah, it's not like I'm gonna be back there like, oh man, Jordan said this about me. Like I'm not that's not like my mindset. Oh, that's not my focus. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, like for me it was just like I guess like when you're training off season, you know, you hear the noise and now it's coming in just blocking out the noise too. Also, you, you know, you can't get too caught up with what people are saying about you. The positive and the negative things. Just going out there and, and you know, my main focus is getting back to me, controlling what I can control and when the plays are out there to be made, go out there and make the plays.
1: Gave our boy Jordan a nice little shout-out there, too. Jordan was on with us last night, of course. Covers the Giants for us here on uh, ESPN. I, I, I think he's going to have a good year. What, what I'm interested to see, and a lot of it is going to come down to what we mentioned earlier about the, you know, the wide receivers and the production you get from them, or lack thereof. So, how much is Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka, who was going to be the play caller, how much are they going to feature Saquon Barkley? You know, are they literally going to try to run them into the ground or are they going to try to manage the workload? You know, that that would be something that I'm looking out for probably in, in week one. Why not? I mean, the thing you got to remember about Buffalo, where day ball came from last year, is that they were a pass-first football team. You know, the run game was not something that was necessarily termed as a strength of the Buffalo Bills with the offense. Now, the wild card... Was that Josh Allen was a a quarterback who was mobile and who was fleet of foot. Daniel Jones has mobility as well. But Daniel Jones is not a guy that I want tucking the ball and running with it. I mean, he missed how many games last year with a neck injury? Is that what you want? I mean, this is a big season for him. I want him to play 17 games. You need to know what you have in this guy. Is he going to be part of the solution? Is he going to be a part of the plan moving forward? Or is it, well, you know what? You better start looking for another quarterback next year. And and nothing against Daniel Jones. I think right now, the way his career has kind of played itself out, he's made a lot of money. So nobody's going to be crying for Daniel Jones. He made a lot of money already as a first-round pick, top-ten pick. The Starting quarterback week one for the Giants in 2023, I do not believe is currently on the roster. Said it all offseason. I'll continue to say it. He is not on the roster. Who is that guy? Is it a veteran on some other team right now? Or is he in college? You know, at a frat party right now. Couldn't tell you. But we'll find out, certainly, in the next several months. We'll find out about the Giants' Week 1 opponent, the Tennessee Titans, when we return. Teron Davenport covers them for ESPN. Dan Gross, show, show 98.7 ESPN.